We had a wonderful time on the green again this morning. It was a blessing. Had a young man come up and said, we we waiting on you. He said, Sundays is hard for us out here. And we were just talking and saying they're coming. <laughs> kind of made me say, well, I guess, guess we cannot not come now. <laughs> but to, it's, it's, it's a blessing to know that we're doing what God wants us to do. Amen. Even in the midst of what's going on and even being able to see how the police are patrolling and they're still waving at us and let us do what we do. Amen. So that's that's a blessing in and of itself. Um, so let's continue to keep the ministry in prayer as um, we're asking God for even greater direction and um, in what he wants us to do out there with the um, homeless community. I continue to pray for those who are locked in prison. We haven't been in prison ministry since COVID hit. And um, talking with Brother Charles on Friday night, um, they don't even have anybody. The chaplain's not doing anything. Nobody's um, offering them any type of spiritual guidance in the correctional facility. That's a, um, that's a very bad situation. Because if, if, you know, corrections is supposed to be some type of rehabilitation, some type of correction, and we know that God is the only answer to not getting that, um, that is definitely a problem when they're getting out. Where's the hope? So we want to pray um, for that as well. We know that this Saturday, men, we will be on Zoom for our men's fellowship at 9 o'clock. Amen. And then the second Saturday, we'll be back with our gifts of the spirit. The women's group will be meeting and, and all that other good stuff that we do. Um, so get involved. Amen. I know it's I know it's tricky and I know it's we're at the mercy somewhat of, you know, social media and the way that things are going. But if you're going to grow spiritually by the things that are being afforded in the way of other than a Sunday service, you need to um, you need to link in, amen. Um, with that being said, we're going to get ready to. Are there any announcements that I need to know? Yes, brother Derek. Eight years, eight year wedding anniversary. Amen. Congratulations, the trenches. Amen. Surmised, I made it. <laughs> hey man, we ain't had to bury none of your kids. Y'all better give them some praise. Eight years. Eight years, you know. You might have got scuffed up, but you didn't get buried. <laughs> God is good. All right. Uh, amen. Um, anything else? All right, great. We're going to get ready to receive our offering. What'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? It's fire, right? Yeah, it's fire, right? <laughs> to God be the glory. All right. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1, and we're going to be in Psalms 40. There's not many, as we're learning in, um, in our theolo theology class, you have to be very careful we're trying to merge texts, two texts together. But 
I'm going to take a little pastoral liberty on this morning. Because these two texts that I chose marry together perfectly. And so we want to see what God wants to say to us on today. So let me just read. And you're hearing what First Lady read Acts chapter 1. And then we'll keep that thought and we'll go over and be in Psalms 40. Amen. Verses 1 through 5 in Psalms 40. Acts chapter 1 reads, I wrote the first narrative, Theopolis, Theopolis, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up after he had given instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, I just want you to hold your finger there. I'm just going to drop a little something on you. That's kind of awesome, God. Just let me see that. But, you know, it was 40 years that the children of Israel were in Egypt. You know, it was 40 days that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. So the 40 years that Israel could not get victory in their Egypt, Jesus got victory in the desert. And then it took 40 more days, and he showed himself alive. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. I'll preach that to you another day. <laughs> Amen. But just, just be able to notice that. But while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. Somebody say wait. For the Father's promise. That's what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning. For those of us that are still waiting on a father's promise. Which he said, you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times, the periods the, that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. So I want you to hold on to that thought because I'm going to marry that as we go over to Psalms chapter well, book, the 40th book of Psalms. All right, all right, let me get it, let me get it, let me get it. Verses 1 through 5. David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He brought me up from a horrible pit out of the muddy clay, and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He has put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. How happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord? 
and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord, my God, you have done many things, your wondrous works and your plans for us. None can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than can be told. I'm preaching to you this morning from the subject, the promise of power. Somebody say, I need power. I need power. We, we read Acts, but we want to look at this Psalm of David. It is a Psalm of what David has learned about himself and about his God. Through some classes he has had to take. Anybody ever been through any classes? God ever put you through some classes? Classes of rejection? Mm -hmm. Trials? Temptations? Bad choices? Good choices? Fears? Battles? David went through all of these things. And if we were to be honest, it's through the classes of life that we learn the most about ourselves and about the God we serve. Because in class is where our faith gets tested. See, if you wait for a promise for a couple of days, it's okay. But if you've been waiting for a while on something, because the trial of time has a way of affecting our faith to where we give up. Now, now we're not going to say because, you know, we're church folk and we got we to gotta promote our God. But, um, like, I had faith that cupcakes was going to come to the door. And they came. All right, so anyway, as... as uh, as <laughs> um, just, just, just. But if I would have had to wait too long for the cupcakes, <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing. You start doubting. You start, you start saying, God, do you wanna heal me? Do you wanna deliver me? Do you wanna set me free? Do you wanna? And we're not going to say I don't believe in God. It's just that the level of faith that I had at the beginning is not the same after a few years. And, and I'm, not, I'm not praying as fervently for a thing as, as I was. Even though I know I can't give up because I've been through a lot of classes and I've seen God show up, but I don't know. Okay, okay, I'm gonna leave you alone. But we have a lot to learn from the life of David, the shepherd boy um, made king who, who was a man after God's own heart. Now, a lot of people wanna say that he was a man after God's own heart because, well, some theologians wanna say that it is because he was chasing after God. That, that David was the type of man that, that chased after God and the things that God wanted. But, but I beg to differ. I, I think that he was a man after God's own heart because David was a merciful and a forgiving type of person. Follow me. You remember, because he could have killed Saul, but he didn't. He didn't deal with Nabal like he should have or could have. He, he was a merciful and a forgiving 
that type of guy, right? But, but at the same time, he, he had another side to him. The side that'll make you question whether God wants to deal with you in a favorable way because of some bad choices. Oh, man. Uh, so, so even though he was a man after God's own heart, he was also a man after Bathsheba's flesh. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. There was two sides to David. Like there's two sides to you. But David learned how to wait. He, he learned how to wait to become king. He didn't, he didn't jump ship. He learned how to wait for his anointing to meet up with his appointment. And a lot of times we have trouble with doing that because we, we deal with life. But the Bible says that God makes everything beautiful in his time. Not in our time. In his time. And that he who began a good work in you will complete it. I thank God that I serve a God who stands outside of time, looking at time, working outside of time and giving me what I need at just the right time. Not when I want it. Somebody say it's not easy to wait. See, it's not easy to wait because we live in a microwave society. We, we live in a society where, you know, I need it right now. You got to do it right now. If you don't do it right now, God, then it can't be done. Don't worry. We're going to have church. But I need you to do it right now. I've been believing God for you to move in my ministry. And it don't look like we've been here 13, 14 years. And it still ain't looking like what you said. But, God, I'm, I need you to do it right now. I'm, I'm believing for someone, you to send me somebody. And I need you to do it right now. I'm believing you to heal my body and I need you to do it right now. I'm believing for a financial blessing and I need you to do it right now. I need my healing in my body right now. I need to get out of my mama's house right now. I need, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. I'm a preacher by myself because we don't like to wait. But the Bible says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So, so just a couple of things I want to give you and I want to tie it to Acts and, and we'll, we'll go home because God wanted me to tell you that what you're waiting on, you already have. I should have saved that to the end, right? But I'm, I, just gave you the, I just gave you the punchline ahead of time that what you've been waiting on, you already have. And Psalms, David said this. He said he waited. So somebody said he waited. That's what he did. That's the key I want you to understand. He waited. To wait means to position yourself with a posture of expectancy. That's what it means. It means that while I'm waiting, I'm going to position myself in a posture of expectancy. It means that while I'm waiting, my weight is anchored in hope. Because Hebrews 6, 9, 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. So you, you, can't, you can't wait for something unless you're hoping for something. 
Right? If I go to the doctors and I'm in the waiting room, it's because I'm hoping that I'm going to be seen by the doctor eventually. I, if, I, if I'm waiting on you and I, you invite me to dinner, see, see the married couples, you know, some, some y'all should have caught. And uh, that, that the, when y'all walked in the backyard, the steaks were already coming off the grill. A- ain't nothing like going to a cookout and gotta wait because you're already hungry. You, 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 call, you going hungry. So if you're going to invite me to come eat, don't have me come to your house to eat to wait. <laughs> because when I show up, I want to be chewing something. <laughs> but but if you gotta wait, you hoping that that whatever you're waiting on is good. <laughs> oh my God, I'm trying to help you. See see, God wants you to understand that when you wait, you gotta be. You can wait. If you know that who you're hoping for is going to show up. If I told you to wait, you might doubt. But if God told you to wait, there should be no doubt. Because if he told you to wait, and he's a God that's everywhere all the time, what is he telling you to wait on? Because you're certainly not waiting for him to show up if he's already there. They missed it. He told the disciples in Acts to go to the upper room and wait. Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but see, they could wait because they had hope. How did they have hope? They didn't have hope before the cross. See, at the time of the cross, they all scattered. But they had to see him resurrected. And for another 40 days to understand that because when you got crucified, their hope was gone. Peter said, I'm going fishing. (laughs) Forget all this church stuff. I'm going back to what I used to do. Everybody else left. But when they saw him resurrected out of the tomb and he tells them, go wait, they had hope enough to know that if he got up from the cross, I need to just go sit still because the man that just got up from death told me to wait. Y'all better help me. See, I'm good with God telling me to wait when I know that death can't stop him. Somebody say, wait a little longer. So, so he said, he said, he waited, he wait, waited on the, and then he said this, David said, because I waited, God inclined and he heard me. So when you wait, God inclines and he hears. Okay. If, if it didn't get, get, get good, then it's going to get good now. To incline means to lean in the direction of. That's what the word in the in the Hebrew incline means. It means to lean in the direction of. So when he cried, God inclined his ear. Okay. The cry is prayer. We don't complain to God. We don't cry about a situation. Because we're in relationship with a God we know who is working all things together for the good. 
So I don't have to worry about my situation when I know that whatever I'm in, even if I don't like it, God is working it out. So I don't cry, I pray. And when I pray, he inclines. Somebody say, heaven's leaning in your direction. See, God does not respond to complaints. He responds when, when, your, when your prayer, when your cry meets heaven's requirements, God leans. Oh, now, 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 how do I get him to lean? There's, there's three things that have to be in place. I have to be crying according to his will. If I'm not praying according to his will, he has no obligation to hear me. You can't give God your word. You got to give him back his word. Oh, boy. So I'm, I'm crying according to his will. See, whenever, you're, whenever your desire, that's what he means, God says he'll give you your heart's desire. He wants to give you what your heart desires. He wants to place in our hearts what he desires so that when we have an unction to do something, it's not us moving, it's God moving through us. So I have to be in line with his prayer, with his will. And then his will is also lined up with his word. When I line up his will with his word, it leads me to a place of worship. Come on, y'all better help me. Help me. Come on, Christian. We about to have church. So, so if I'm going to pray to him, I need to pray according to his will, which is giving him his word, which is then worship. Because he honors his will and his word. And when you give him back his will and his word, he sees it as worship. That's why the Bible says those that must worship me must worship in spirit and in truth. And since there's no truth in your situation, you can't give God your situation. You got to give God his word. Because the only thing that is true is his word. Oh, my God. See, see what the, what the disciples did when he told them to go into the upper room is they had to wait. But they weren't just sitting around waiting. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing. They, they were sitting around praying. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were praying. They were with one accord. And because they were waiting, which was God's will, and because they were praying, which was God's word, worship happened and God inclined. When God leads over, the Holy Spirit blew through as a mighty rushing wind. Y'all better help me. I need God to incline in my situation. Now, when God leans down and he leans over, what does he lean over to do? Well, he told me. He said he brought me up out of a horrible pit. Uh, y'all better not act like y'all all saved and sanctified up in here. When God leans down, he leans down to pick us up. Out of a horrible pit. That means out of some dark places. Now, I know you ain't going to testify about the real dark places in your life. But I'm sick of church folk who want me to tell all my business. But you ain't going to tell none of your business. Like you got it all together. Like you dotting every I and crossing every T. I know you crazy. You ain't going to say nothing. But God delivered you out of some dark places. Where you couldn't even see which way you were going. Didn't know your right hand from your left hand. Somebody say dark places. Somebody say he got me out of a dark place. It was dark where I wanted to give up. Where I was depressed. Where I felt like ending my own life. I was in a dark place. I'm talking to somebody up in here who was in a dark place. You don't even know how dark it was. 
And if God didn't pull us up out of it, we would have never came out of it. But not only out of a dark place, he brought me up out of the miry clay, which, which is like quicksand, sticky places. Sticky places represent places you went and you intended to come out, but you stayed a while. Nobody goes into anything intending to stay there. But you thought you could go in and come out with your so smart self. Okay, okay. It, it, it went like this. Everybody else got pregnant, but I won't. They might have caught it, but I'm not going to get it. I could have one drink and not lose it. We don't mess with nobody. Oh, I'm going to stay right here. Well, you look at me like you crazy. I'm going to stay right here until the smoke come out your purse. You ain't going to say nothing. Hey, uh-huh, yeah, I, I, I could do that. That's, that's fine. Sticky places. I heard one bishop say you could get in a you could get in something that'll take you three minutes that'll last you the rest of your life. Oh, oh, oh. I would have gave you 15 minutes, but it was only three minutes. Now you gotta deal with it for the rest of your life. Somebody say sticky places. So where did he bring the, he brought, he brought the disciples out of a sticky place. Because when they went into that upper room, they were in hiding. Y'all catch it. Because they wanted to kill everything Christian. And the disciples knew they wasn't messing with Rome. Without some power. So, so, so hey, Jesus, don't, don't sell. We saw what the Romans did to you. But yeah, we know you had victory because you are the son of God. But they want us dead on account of you. You resurrected. We didn't. We got to stay here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, right? right? So, so we in a dark place, upper room. Wasn't no lights on. They wasn't doing the, the loud church prayer. You know, the church prayer that you get, you know, when you at a prayer meeting and you want everybody to think you super spiritual. Wasn't that prayer. It was, Father God. <laughs> Anybody out there? Jesus, you got to come. Because they heard them feet of them soldiers walking by that window. Wasn't nobody telling them where the disciples was. <laughs> Y'all better help me up in here. <laughs> Jesus. So, so, but when they got power, they came out of hiding. There's something about power that. Come on, you undercover Christian. And nobody at your job know you saved. 
I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to the people that's watching on, you know, on Facebook or whatever we put this on TV. So, so don't take it personal. I'm preaching to millions. Y'all just listen. <laughs> y'all understand? So if it ain't you, just go ahead and jog it up and pray for the people that are watching across the airways. Because I know you. You go to work every day and testify and tell everybody about the God you serve. You know, you Jesus all day long at work. Yeah, I know. Happy hour, too. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's getting tight up in here. It ain't but five people in here. Y'all better help me. He see, see, when when God gives you power, you get a boldness, right? Because cause when they came up out of that upper room with power, even though they told them, don't say Jesus no more, Peter went to preaching, they went to talking, and the church went to growing. Ooh, and that's why David says he set me up and he established my feet. That's that's important that, you know, when you wait. See, this is all about waiting. You can't be established and set up if you don't want to wait. He, he, to, to set his feet upon a rock means that his feet represent his destiny, represent where he's going in life. And and, and God said he set it up. He established to, to make stable, to appoint, to secure public recognition. It's a setup. Oh, my God. But But he sets up according to his clock. And in Acts, it was the first establishment of the church. He was setting them up. You got to wait. I'll give you power. Then I'll set you up. Let me say that again. I'm going to leave my notes. You, you got to wait. He'll give you power. Then he'll set you up. I told you that you're waiting on a promise that you already have. See, we're not in exit. We already have the Holy Spirit. He told them to wait for the promise of the Father. And then they were endowed with the power from on high. He said, I'm not going to tell you the appointed time. I said, but I'll tell you this. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Does anybody in here have the Holy Spirit? I, I, I need to see the hands of those that got hold, the, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so for those of you that say you got the Holy Spirit, then you have everything you need because God ain't giving you nothing else. You See, you can't shout about that because you think what you need is something tangible. It's something that you can see. But if you just got what I said, that should have been enough to click with the Holy Spirit you say you got. Because when I go in a place, I got power. When I got power, see, there's, there's a difference. There's a difference. When you don't got power, you need favor. Because <laughs> you don't have power. So you go into places talking about other people that you know. Because you want the power that their name brings. So that the people you're trying to get the favor from recognize you're attached to people of power. Did you catch it? But when you have the power, you don't have to bring nobody else's name to have favor. I come in the name of the Lord. Y'all better help me. I have the power. 
That's why Jesus said, call it not robbery to call yourself equal with God. You keep asking God for stuff, and God keeps telling you, you got the power in you. If you operate with the power in you, you don't need the stuff, because the stuff will be attracted. The Bible says that blessings shall run after you and overtake you, but it only overtakes those that have power enough to handle the blessing. Ooh, but you gotta wait on it. Uh, and he says, if you wait, I'll go ahead and I'll set you up. I'll establish you, you and put a new song in your mouth. Somebody say, I got a new song. I'm not going to. It's like Mary Mary said, I've cried my last tear. You better come on right there. That's a new song. Because some of you been crying about old stuff. Some of you can't get past old stuff. You still waiting on God to move old stuff out the way. God said, I ain't moving old stuff out the way. I've given you power to move old stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to help you. I got to get this to your spirit because he said, you got to get a new song. You've been singing the old song. And see, there's something about the sound of music that, that makes the world go round. Y'all, come on. See, when, when you start singing that old song, it brings up old stuff. Y'all, some of you need to get Jodeci out your playlist. Some of you need to go ahead and get Isaac Hayes out your playlist. Some of you need to get the Commodores out your playlist because all it's doing is reminding your demons of what you used to play with but if you put a new song if you if you go ahead and put victory in your playlist if you go ahead and put no weapon formed against me in your playlist if you go ahead and put I am the seed of Abraham in your playlist if you go ahead and put uh, you better come on I don't need no bad news in your playlist Somebody say, I need a new song. Hey, it's like when, when you come, they know you're about to sing an old song. Hey, hey, woe is me. Woe. I'm, I'm sick. I'm lonely. I'm tired. I'ma sing it like you hear. I'ma sing it. Come on, look, look at me up here. I'm singing it. Don't nobody want me. Come on, though. That's a song. That's I know it's a song. Just lyrics. New song. The enemy come. He keep trying to slip that MP3 back in there. It sneak up on you too, don't it? You don't even know. You, you just, I'm just, I'm just gonna listen to DD in the morning. That's all. I ain't trying to hit her. And then all of a sudden she slip on something. And there you go. You was happy going to work. Now you like as soon as I get to work, if I see them, <laughs> y'all ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> today might be the day I lose my job, and they're gonna have a nerd to text me and say, Pastor, pray for me. Because if I <laughs> I need to get the saints on board, preach. See, he cannot put you on display until he puts a new song in your mouth. And when he set you up, he said he put put me on the stage. See, he wants he wants to get the glory out of our lives. And all it is is because David learned how to wait. The disciples learn how to wait. 
church folk learn how to wait. As I close this wonderful message, the, the response to the wait, if I got to wait and I'm waiting on a God that I know is going to show up, what is my responsibility while I'm waiting? Here it is. He told it to us right there in verse 5. He said, if I think about the wonderful things that thou hast done, there are too many for me to name. If you just start thinking about how good God has been in your life. He said, I, 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 I might mix up the order, but God is God enough in order that it doesn't matter if I break. This, that's the only time God doesn't care if you break order. When you think about how good he's been. You might mix it up. You might get your dates. There are people that I know that could tell you the day they got saved. They know they August 26th, it was 6 o'clock, we was at service, and the preacher said, they could tell you all that. I can't tell you the day I got saved. All I can tell you is I once was lost. Well, but now I'm fine. Oh, I, I can't even tell you the last time I smoked a cigarette, but all I can tell you is I don't smoke them. I, I, that, that God took the taste out of my mind. I don't know the last day that I took a hit of crack or snorted a line of cocaine, but I can tell you this, that if it had not been for God to, to take the taste out of my mind, I, I, you know, I, I can't even, I can't tell you when, when my heart fell head over heels for the love of my life, but I can tell you this, and I might mess up the anniversary day, and I might not know how many years it is, but it don't seem like I've been living a day without a, all I can tell you is that if it had not been for God who was on our side, y'all better help me preach this thing, because I learned how to wait, see when I, I got I started reading the Bible, I didn't start reading the Bible so I could preach or have some big ministry I started reading the Bible because I wanted to be free, and I don't know when, but I could tell God thank you that he let me understand things that are too wonderful for my ragged behind to even understand that's how I knew it was God that he could help me understand and look into his word and see things that it would take the uh, people who are in theology class years to try to figure out and he would let me just read it and he would begin to pour why because I waited I didn't say well since I got this great revelation let me go out and start a ministry. No, I sat under Pastor Martha Green and I waited. I, I served her. What do you do while you wait? You serve. Somebody say, I got to serve. I got to serve her like I want to be served. Y'all better help me up in here. I had to wait. And, and if I, I had a word in my belly and when can I preach it? I never ask her, when am I going to preach? The devil is a lie. You sit there and you wait. If God don't call you, it don't do nothing about the gift. The gift is still in there. You just got to sit and wait because the Bible says, let patience have its perfect work. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. So I got to give God praise while I'm waiting. Some of you don't know how to praise God while you're waiting. You sit there looking all mad like God owe you a favor. But if you just think about how good God was when he was taking that 
surgeon's hand while he was cutting all up on your body and he didn't let God didn't let him hit a nerve now you need to give God praise you need to think about how good it was when they wanted to give you all type of pills and you ain't know what you was taking but God said not so you need to understand and that's why the Bible says those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength because the, the apostles the disciples learned how to wait they waited for the Lord and while they were getting weak from the weight oh my God God knows you might be getting weak from the weight God says don't 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 let your weakness don't don't get uh, weary and well doing because sometimes you get weak in the weight sometimes you want to go away and you want to try something else you want to try to make it happen in your own thinking and on your own devices but God said don't get weak in the weight oh my god I feel like preaching he said he said you gotta wait on me because if you wait on me I'll renew your strength I'm waiting for you to get so weak that you run out before I run in I need you to run out so that I can come in because I'm not coming in if you're still there And I bet you it was right at the moment. Because you got to understand this. The disciples were all in that room. God had yet to change them. Okay, okay. I'm going to give you a class. We can't come to God except for the Holy Ghost. The only thing that the disciples were working on was their own strength. Because the Holy Spirit had yet been given. And then you say, well, they walked with Jesus. So they had, they had, a, they had something that nobody else had because they saw him get up, right? But, but think about it. So did the children of Israel when he, they saw him at the Red Sea. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing. They saw all the miracles Moses did, and they was acting a fool. So don't think for one second that up in that upper room, there wasn't somebody amongst them 12 while they was waiting. Because you know how people get when you're waiting on something. And you're in a, ra in a room with Thomas the doubter. Yeah, I know he walked around, but I don't think he's coming. How long we going to actually sit up in here and wait for what? Matter of fact, we're waiting on something. We don't even know what we're waiting on. <laughs> they, they had no reference point of what they was waiting on. He just said, go wait. How do we know we ain't got it yet? <laughs> and I bet you, see, that's, that's God. They, they ran out. They had to run out, but they had to keep praying. And then all of a sudden, the sound of a mighty rushing wind. So they can identify that something just happened. I'm talking to people, hey, this might not be for everybody in here, but when I said that, somebody identified. Whoever caught that, God is saying this is your moment where your strength is renewed. 
When your strength is renewed, you mount up on wings like eagles. That's what the Holy Spirit is designed to do. Because eagles only open their wings so that the wind uh, can, can rise up under them and lift them above their situation. When the Holy Spirit came in, it lifted y'all better help me. I need, hey, hey, God said the wait is over. The promise has already been given. I need you to open up your wings and begin to. I, I ain't got, I ain't, I ain't. Whatever it is. I ain't never gotten a plane, but I got I got a PlayStation VR system, and and one of the things I got is you could put it on and it takes you on a tour around the world, and it's helicopter view. So I'm sitting down, and I'm looking over Paris, and everything looks small, and I'm like, so I get the flying experience. I'm in my room, I'm in, I'm in my basement, sitting down, but I'm flying over Paris. I'm in my basement, I'm in my situation, I'm in my circumstance, I'm in my surroundings, but I'm flying above Paris. I don't care what you're in. When the Holy Spirit comes, it lifts you up so that you look into your situation and know that I'm bigger and greater than anything that I'm facing. That's, that's the God we serve. So stop asking God for stuff. Stop saying, I'm waiting on God. No. The fact is, God is waiting on you. The wait is over. Unless you don't have the power to overcome it. Unless you don't have the power to forgive it. Oh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Because that's... Yeah, you try, Pastor, I don't have the power. Yeah, you do. You just don't want to. So here it is. Whoever, whatever you don't want to forgive, you've given them the power. Wherever you don't want to move from, you've given that the power. But the enemy knows you have the power. So he holds you hostage in your mind. Thinking you're waiting on God. How, how delusional is that? Y'all should pay me $100 for this counseling session. Listen, how delusional is that to be waiting on God? Thinking, thinking you're waiting on God and God is waiting on you. Do you see why God isn't moving in your life? He can't. Because you think you're waiting on him and he's waiting on you. It's like two people in a room looking at each other, waiting for the other one to move.
looked at myself in the mirror one day and I said, I don't like who I see. And God said, change it then. Remix it. You say you could do all that stuff with all that music. I gave you that gift. Do that to your life. There's certain things you got to get rid of. Just get rid of it. See what your life will be like. You just might like it. Aren't you tired of waiting and being angry? And then you're mad at God. This has nothing to do with this message. I did not intend to preach this way. I thought I was just going to preach way on the promise. We was going to be shouting and wait, wait. I don't know why, but for some reason, God is still waiting on us because we think we're waiting on him. And then I found out it's just the same thing with a vision. It's the same thing with a dream. You can keep dreaming all you want. Dreams don't come true until you get up and wake up. I've never seen a dream come true while somebody sleep. You gotta get up and do something. Cause you could think it all day long in your head until you do it and you, all you're doing is thinking about it. You're real successful in your mind. I had to tell Sister Nikki, I said, listen, you and Pastor Mom and all those, Aunt Pat and Deacon Val, you know, those who, who are waiting, waiting for this next generation. You understand? They'll get out, they'll give everything they possibly got. They'll get out there, they'll get out there and serve. You got to go almost tell them, you almost feel bad, tell them, listen, go and sit in the car, sit down, stop. It's like, oh, you can't tell me, but you, it's, it's your season to, to, to see, to, to just, but, but when nobody on this, then they say, well, who else is going to do it? Why? You know what? That, that's an indictment. It's an indictment. And we call ourselves the church with power. It's all the seniors that want to do all the work. All the young people don't want to do nothing. I ain't mad at you. I ain't, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not. I got, God, I'm not. It ain't my job to convict you about nothing. My job is to preach to you. And you know, if you want, just give your money. You can give your money. That's all going to find. But we thank you for the money. But you need, you need to be out there doing some work. You need to be out there doing some work, getting the feeling of service. What do I do while I'm waiting? And that's, and that's exactly why God is not doing what you want him to do in your life. Because you're not serving him. Or we serve him like we want to serve him. And I'm a very good person at a restaurant. I tip nice. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but I tip nice. 
And the service ain't even gotta be great. It's just cause I know that they serve. But you got some people that could be real nasty when they go to a restaurant. And they don't even give a tip. And they come in like, y'all cut the music. You ever been to Golden Corral or when buff, buffet places and them Sundays when everybody in the church, I ain't talking the next level because we don't do that. I'm talking to those watching on TV. But you go and they flood the place, right? Everybody in the church got hats bigger than whatever. You know they come out of church. And then they just be nasty and mean to the people. And then got the nerve to put stuff in their purse and bring it home. <laughs> oh my God, but, but don't ask them to do no outreach. Oh, the devil is a lie. <laughs> they want everybody to serve them. <laughs> we, we really messed up. We really need prayer. So I'm telling you, we need, I'm seeing some stuff. We need some prayer. I, 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 we, we need a class and, and just life etiquette, period. It's a nasty way to be, for real. Don't, don't come with me. Don't let me take you out to dinner as your pastor and you act like that because you, I will embarrass you right at the restaurant. With that note, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much because <laughs> we got to wait. We can't give God what he wants. It's what you want to give him. You got to give him what he wants. And then watch him give you what you need. That's how, that's, that's how you live the blessed life. Life is too short to go through life angry, mad, and waiting. I ain't got no time to be waiting. Hallelujah. Now don't get that wrong and go out and be like, well, I, he told me don't wait, so I'm just going to go. Now, if you ain't got enough money for it, you need to wait. He said, don't wait, that means I can charge it. <laughs> no, it don't. I got to be specific with y'all. Because y'all, <laughs> you be like, shoot. Learn how to be content. Such things as you have. Amen. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much that you waited on us. My God. When we talk about waiting on God, think of how long he's been waiting on us. Patience and long suffering with the things that we've been involved in. We thank you, God, for your patience. So, God, as we wait on you, let's help us to understand that we have the power in us to walk out your word. You've given us the strength to be victorious in life. Help us to get ourselves rid of all these weights the angers, the things that are uh, hindering relationships and the things that just uh, uh, keep us from being the best us that you've called us to be. Father, in these last and evil days, we're praying, Father, for this COVID virus and for all the things. Kids are starting school. They've already started. Some start next week. Cover our children, God. Cover our children. 
And we ask, Lord God, that you would just continue to increase ministry. We're praying for all the souls, all those members who've been missing. Let them feel your love. Let um, a phone call, a text, or anything to go out so that, Father, they know that, Father God, they're missed. And that, Father God, they're important. Father, we we just bless you. We pray for those who have been affected by these storms and these uh, all these things that are going on in these days. We still got plenty of storms that are still on the horizon. Father, we pray for Texas. We pray for New Orleans. We pray for all of those affected by these storms. And God, uh, uh, as uh, the storms increase. So does the heart for ministry, but help us to be wise in the direction that you would have us move in because there's so many people taking advantage of other people's plights. Father, we just pray, Father God, that you would just continue to have your way. Heal her pastor mom, give her strength in her body, continue to heal Sister Kelly, Sister Montreal. Father God, we just pray that um, you would just strengthen all those who may be weak in, in their bodies. I give you praise, glory, and honor for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. There is no other.